you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On NFL. It is starting to lift off. There's plenty to talk about quarterbacks, how you build a roster in the South, whether it's the AFC or the NFC, as well as a couple of guys that want to go somewhere they're not. We have plenty to talk about. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. My partner, Jake Lisko. How are you, Jake? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to talk about these South divisions where the weather is a little bit warmer, I think, than where either of us are. Tom Brady throwing Super Bowl trophies in the Florida sun. We won't talk too much about that one, but there are some other interesting things going on in those South divisions and some polar opposites really represented as we get through the AFC and the NFC. Yeah, I'm just more impressed with the catching of that trophy. That has some sharp edges to it, so more power to you. Yeah, that was a really nice... I think it was Cameron Brait on the other end. <laughs> well done. Uh, that had been making me nervous. I'd be filming it in the back from the uh, next to the driver's spot, probably. So, hey, good for them for having a little bit of fun. Not everybody's having fun right now, and I'm sure... For one, Carson went. there's a lot of questions going on. I'm not sure what I even feel about is his best destination, but there seems to be two front runners, at least the were as of a couple hours ago. How are you feeling about it? Well, I saw the rumors that the Bears are getting irritated with waiting. And for me, the I'm more interested in, is it worth the price? I mean, they're looking for a <laughs> Stafford-like offer was, was what I saw most recently. They're looking for at least one. It sounds like two first round picks. It seems like all the speculation is Nick Foles plus picks going back to Philly for Carson Wentz. And I talked about this last week, Ryan, I'm looking at Jameis Winston being a potential free agent. And I'm asking myself, would I rather have Jameis Winston or pay for Carson Wentz's contract with draft picks? And, and if you go further than that, Ian Rappaport today talking about how teams are asking about Marcus Mariota. I mean, it it sounds crazy, but Marcus Mariota versus Carson Wentz from a cost perspective, cost benefit perspective, I think that's a real debate. And I really lean away from paying that price for Carson Wentz, given his struggles in 2020. You'll get no argument from me because I'm not in a hurry if I'm Chicago to say, I want to pay all these millions and millions of dollars and basically roll the dice because you're absolutely right. The performance issues are a question mark. And these this team in particular, along with the Indianapolis Colts, they are the two best landing spots for Carson. So from his perspective, he wants to go back with either John Filippo or Frank Reich. He has to feel like he can get his performance back, get his mojo back with one of those guys. So for him, I'm sure he's happy either way. But for the Bears organization, you're tied. Ryan Pace has been under fire. Matt Nagy knows that he's got to get his offense turned around. And quite frankly, if you're Matt Nagy and you have any trouble in installing that offense and you want to take a chance on a quarterback, probably better to take a chance on the guy who can use his legs when he has to to bail you out of trouble when you can't get that offense organized. And is that an indictment of what Matt Nagy is trying to do up there if you're looking for your quarterback to be Carson Wentz and and have his legs bail you out of all things? He was still a very good runner of the football in 2020 to your point. And I do think that there's probably a bit of a sense of desperation in Chicago at this point. 
I can't help but think, though, that between those two teams, if we are talking about team fit, the landing spot in Indy just makes a lot more sense to me from a financial perspective. They have a ton of cap space. We're going to talk about their cap space, actually, a little bit later in the show. But they have a lot more money to spend to build that team around Carson Wentz and try to give him the weapons to get him back to that MVP level form from a few years ago when he was clearly a much better player, I think. But there's more than one player who's made his voice heard that they want to be moved. We've obviously talked about Deshaun Watson, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of movement around that name right now. But Orlando Brown has received permission from the Baltimore Ravens to seek a trade after he played really well at left tackle this year, and he wants an opportunity to continue to play left tackle. What do you think the price should be for the third round pick in Orlando Brown? Well, what the price should be and what the price will be are two, I think, completely different things. There is a value that you can't really ignore, especially when you move a guy from the right where you thought was his his best fit in your determination. And then he goes over to left and actually plays better and gives you, I think, more significant snaps and for other teams especially with right-handed quarterbacks that they're going to value the left-hand side a little bit more now tackles are tackles to the rest of us but teams still have that fear of the blind side hit that takes out your quarterback so I I think that's going to push the price up I, I would say at this point if he's actually going to become your perennial guy out there on the left hand side that's worth a first round pick in and of itself depending on how the franchise feels about that quarterback. But you're going to get more than that. It's going to to demand that from the Ravens. And the Ravens are going to see, if we can't work this out, we have to have more. I could see them asking for uh, two number ones. Maybe you know throw in a fifth or something like that as well. I don't know that I'd pull the trigger on that, but how do you like that value if that's what they're looking for? I hate it. I mean, you're talking Laramie Tunzel value at that point. And look at how that turned out for the Texans, right? I mean... This is a player that he's young. He's 26 years old. He's come a long way from his disastrous combine and and his precipitous fall down the draft boards that followed it. But that price for a guy who's a good, not great tackle, in, in my estimation anyway, is just so rich. The only teams I can see being willing to make that kind of deal, that's a very win now move for a team that's desperate. But again, you look at the Chiefs, for example, they've, they've really drilled this into the national audience as to how important it is to get good protection up front. You want to make a superhuman quarterback look human, you take away his offensive line. And there are teams that have this renewed sense, I think, or at least fans that are looking at it and saying, yeah, okay, go get that tackle. Go get that offensive lineman because, man, look how important that is. And I think there are a lot of fan bases out there that are looking at it and think, well, maybe that is worth the price, but I just think that recent history has showed us that that kind of deal is is often not efficient, and to me, it's a real win-now move. But if anyone's going to do it, man, the Baltimore Ravens, the masters of trade value, of trading fifth-round picks for guys that they're going to turn into all-stars and presumably, in this case, piling on value for guys that they found as hidden gems in the draft. I think you're absolutely right. That deal for Tunsil is going to be really the hallmark of what the Ravens are going to ask for. DeCoss is not going to let that go for anything less than he can squeeze out of somebody. I don't know that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be interested in that. Uh, but, you know, a phone call is worth a phone call. There is plenty to find out because every team has to rebuild their roster, whether it's the Chiefs in this offensive line issue or anybody else anywhere else. We're going to get into both the Southern divisions here coming up next. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming out next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan, last week as we recorded this episode, it wasn't officially the offseason yet, and now that it is, we can really continue to dive into looking at each team's offseason outlook. We're going to continue the series with looking at the Souths, and we're going to start with the NFC. We can start, actually, with the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have $28 million of cap space, but they only have 31 players under contract for 2021, which signifies that there was a bit of a push to go for it this year with their elderly quarterback who just won a Super Bowl, so I guess I shouldn't be making fun of him, but they have a ton of key free agents looking at the list and beyond the top-end guys at the top of the roster, the Godwins, the Levante Davids, the Gronks, the Shaquille Barretts, they need to fill out this roster for depth because teams in the NFL don't stay that healthy year over year, and they were remarkably healthy into that Super Bowl run just a number of questions ahead of this Tom Brady-led team. Yeah, there are a lot of questions. And 31 players, that's a tight one. And selling out for a season always comes into play that way. Uh, I'm not going to quote Bruce Arians right now, but Levante David assumes that he he will be back according to what Bruce is screaming out there at the, at the boat launch. It, it makes it difficult. Like you said, I think Godwin's going to get a huge number on the open market. You have... I think what is a reasonable spend in the way that they're distributed right now, and especially when you mentioned how the uh, the quarterback is a little bit elderly at that point, you know, spending money, uh, your highest cost, obviously on the offensive line, is a smart way to do it. Trying to supplement him with some tight end as well as the weapons that you need, always a good plan. The balance, I think, is an interesting one because it seems like as they're allocated now, it's very heavily on the offense. So how are you going to scrape together a defense again, especially if you're going to try to bring somebody back like David? You have Barrett, who I think is going to draw a lot of interest and drive his number up as well. But the concept that I think the Tampa Bay Bucks have to focus on is trying to bring back as many as they can. And a Super Bowl ring will kind of soften the stance of some players in terms of the dollars that they have to get. I think they might be able to get a lot done and have a a good chunk coming back, but there's a lot of holes to fill. How do you think they get it done? Well, if you have a a bunch of guys like Mike Evans who are willing to take pay cuts to try to run it back, I think that you're in pretty good shape, but I don't know how many guys that's going to be. When you look at their list of free agents, Levante David and Shaquille Barrett, not to mention Ndamukong Sue, some very important players on this defense, where as you point out, they're spending not even half as much money in 2021 as they're spending on offense. And there's no way that number is going to equalize with the amount of cap space they have. 
There are no real obvious cap cut candidates from my view of the roster. So I agree with you. They've got to try to prioritize to bring back the players that matter the most. Who are those players going to be? I mean, you're probably not going to see a repeat for playoff Lenny in Tampa Bay unless he takes a bit of a pay cut. You wonder about guys like Antonio Brown too. Who's the most important player here? Is it Godwin? Is it Barrett? You got to keep that pass rush going. And if those are the guys that they try to bring back, well, that's pretty much all the money they have. And then you're trying to run it back with a bunch of veteran minimums and Tom Brady and a top end of a roster that if it doesn't stay healthy, well, that might just be the gamble that the Bucks have to take. Looking at the rest of this division, though, maybe this also makes it a little bit easier for Tampa. Let's talk about the Saints, who this year were probably the biggest rivals to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that division with Tom Brady's arrival. With Drew Brees poised to potentially retire, showing some signs of retirement with the way that they're working his contract. The the offseason goal for the Saints has got to be just figuring out that cap situation the the farthest away from zero in the negatives in the NFL, at least $74 million in the red. They are the Mount Everest of salary cap right now, and I do not envy them in any way. And And obviously with an outstanding decision to be made for your quarterback, which everything follows from that decision, right? Including James being um, a free agent as well, having to justify that spend. They also are a team that if you looked just at their offense right now, (laughs) they have roughly 28 million in cap space just on their offense. They have to be able to defend something to rebuild it as far as being able to jettison as much cost as you can to try to get value underneath that. It is going to be a tough task. I, I think they have to start and try to push Breeze for that decision to see where they're at here in the next six weeks so they can start making plans for the draft. And maybe they trade down. Maybe they do everything they can to reduce cost and get younger players. That might get it done. I'm not sure. I mean, they have to trim the cap as much as they possibly can. Agree with you there. If I'm the Saints, I'm trying to, I'm assuming Drew Brees is retiring. I'm just assuming that's going to happen. And then I'm looking at my roster and I'm trying to find a way to just get back to the the cap number that I need to be at while keeping as many key pieces as possible. And then I'm probably, honestly, trying to bring back Jameis despite the money that they've got locked up in utility man Taysom Hill. I try to run it back with Jameis, to be honest. I try to I try to keep as many of the core pieces as I can and, and see if you can run it back. Because if you can't, you're just rebuilding. And so that's the other option I guess they could take is they could just look at it and say, well, maybe we need to rebuild and we need to just blow it up and, and just jump right into the deep end of that rebuild. Another team I think that faces some similar questions is the Atlanta Falcons. They're also in the red, $37 million dollars off the cap they're they're pretty far away they do have some cap cuts they can make to free up some money but like the Buccaneers only have 42 players under contract in 2021 so despite the fact that they're way in the red they've got very few players under contract for next year so they need to make space they need to identify how they're going to improve their team they need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback do they want to spend that fourth overall pick On a quarterback of the future, do they want to try to trade back? Do they want to try to find another blue chipper who will potentially push them over the hump this year? It's another very interesting offseason for the Falcons who 
have got to be looking up at the Buccaneers and making hard decisions about whether they really think they can contend next year. It's got to be difficult, and I do not envy the job that Terry Fontenot has in front of him in trying to identify the course of how he's going to build this roster for the next season. It's one thing to take what you have, and an, an aging Matt Ryan is certainly something that can be a bridge to the future. It's about the cost, right, at that point when you have, I think, $40 million wrapped up in the quarterback position and you have the number four. I think that's a no-brainer as long as you evaluate a quarterback that you think fits your system and can become the next in your franchise. I think you have to go that direction in this particular case. But it's not going to be pretty because you're going to have to jettison salary other places that he actually will need and support. And so at the end of the day, I think this is a a year for the Falcons to take their lumps and set the foundation for the next phase of their future. Can they do it? I I don't know if you're optimistic. I'm not terribly certain that this is anything more than a 500 team at best. I have a really hard time seeing the path for the Falcons as well. I I think that Matt Ryan's still a good quarterback, but I just don't know if they can put the team around him the way that they've got it constructed right now. Over $107 million committed to the offense, $83 million on the defense. They have to trim salary just to get back to zero. The salary cap coming down because of COVID, hurting the Falcons more than some of the other teams in the NFL for sure. And with what's going on in the rest of the division, it could either be wide open, depending on what happens in Tampa, Or Tampa might just have a smooth road, but there is one other team to talk about that will be standing in their way in the NFC South, and that's the Carolina Panthers, who are one of the two teams in this division with cap space, but they don't really have a quarterback. I mean, do you feel like they have a quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater? They have one of the the highest cap numbers in the NFL at running back with the Christian McCaffrey deal, and they're kind of treading water at quarterback with some key free agents and a lot of holes on this team. It's, it's another difficult path. And this entire division, I feel like we've talked about, is pick pick a path and commit to it. Because if you try to go down that middle road, it might be a rough year for you. I agree with you. And I think that's the one spot here where the Panthers have the advantage. And I think that comes from Rule being at the Senior Bowl, being able to see value in players that he doesn't have to take in the top two rounds. I think that is a way for them to get under the cap in ways – Uh, that leave them the room if they want to do something big at the quarterback. I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is is long for this team. I think they could rally around him for another season if they have to, but I think they'd rather get a veteran. I don't think that they're going to be terribly invested in one of the top quarterbacks or trying to maneuver to get in place for one of those top quarterbacks. But maybe somebody that rural coached at the Senior Bowl is a viable option that he feels he can develop. There's a lot of room there. There's places that I think they can shed some contract in the the interior defensive line. There's a couple of spots there, but I think overall this again is like you said, pick a path and stick to it. I think that they just have more options than the other teams of this division. We also know that Carolina was involved in the pursuit of Matt Stafford. So maybe they go after one of those quarterbacks out there too. Maybe they trade up. Maybe they're the team that goes after Trey Lance and tries to find the next Well, I guess we talked about another North Dakota State quarterback in the open of the show, the next Carson Wentz, or maybe even better, depending on where you fall on Trey Lance. Shifting gears, if we look at the AFC South, a lot less cap hell to speak of and some teams with big rebuilds ahead of them. Let's get into those teams coming up next. 
Instead of visiting whatever your closest chain option is and waiting for the attendant to type in the brand of your car, the make and the model to figure out what they have or don't have for your car, you can do it yourself at home with rockauto.com. It's incredibly easy to search for whatever part you might need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet. rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. They've got reliably low prices. They don't change the price tiers for your do-it-yourselfers or your professionals. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get the daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. The AFC South is a completely different animal with teams that I think are in a little bit better shape, but the turmoil around them in several conditions is going to be paramount. And you can't really go any farther than what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson and how that affects the way that the Texans go about trying to restructure a roster that has a lot of spend in places that you don't necessarily think about, like the linebacker level, certainly at the wide receiver level. And and obviously with, a cupboard being more bare, but that's not the biggest thing to me. It's the organization that has brought in a new GM in Nicosaria that has just lost Jamie Roots, a front office member that has been there quite a long time and a kind of an immediate uh, resignation. That kind of signals that there are still a lot of things going on with that ship that might not keep it afloat. I'm, I'm a little worried about that one. I just don't see how the text, I mean, yeah, you got to answer the Deshaun Watson question. If Deshaun Watson is still in Houston, if they somehow patch things up, that is a massive, massive victory for the Houston Texans, right? Because this is a guy that seems ready to sit out the season right now. And if he sits out the season and you're in cap hell, I mean, what are you even doing in 2021? You've got Brandon Cooks on your roster, Randall Cobb on your roster, $22 million tied up at the wide receiver position in those two guys. Brandon Cook's a good player. Randall Cobb, I'm not sure if if you want that cap number to be there. They can't get out of that Randall Cobb contract either. So when you look at, at their roster, generally speaking, you're looking at places they can trim salary to try to get competitive again. You talked about linebacker, certainly a spot where they have some cap cut candidates and linebacker generally not a place the NFL thinks is wise to spend money if you look at league-wide trends. And then you've got David Johnson's contract. Your prize return for the the trade of the well the flop trade of the century. How do we how do we put that? The worst trade in NFL history for for DeAndre Hopkins. You can cut him and save a lot of money and get yourself into better shape. But the question remains: How, how do you even go about being competitive when you've alienated the best players on your team and you've traded away all of your draft capital to go for it, and then you end up giving away a top three pick? 
Nick Casario has a, a hard job ahead of him, but I will say this too. I think he has an ally in David Cully because I think Cully is a guy that can pull those rosters back together, especially if you have to jettison contract and go young. I think that he's a guy that can rally the troops. I like the way that he goes about doing his job. And it's nice to see it's nice to see an older coach that's been a career assistant get his shot. And I, I think that his attitude will help turn that franchise around being that older coach is not the same thing as what's going on in Tennessee. And I think they've had some ups and downs, but at the end of the day, you have to feel like I think that franchise is going in a good direction. I think Vrabel is really put his stamp on that particular group. The question comes back to, especially in the secondary, how they're going to go about their spend this season. They're sitting right at, what is it? Minus over three. They can get there from here. But again, how do you take the next step forward for that franchise? Yeah, this is a team that has a really solid core in place all over the field. You feel pretty good about the core of the offensive line. You feel pretty good about having A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill as your skill players on the offensive side of the ball. But the defense took a massive step back in 2020, and they didn't really figure out the edge rush, even after spending on Jadavion Clowney, who didn't make the impact that they were looking for. You've got Big free agents in those skill positions as well with Johnny Smith and Corey Davis. And so for the Titans, I think it's a very clear offseason direction, which is how do we shore up the pass defense? Is it I need to find a running mate for Dory Jackson, who I think will get back to form because he won't be injured as much in 2021? That's got to be the way they're thinking about that. How do we find an edge rush? And what do we do about some of the skill players we're losing? Do we, do we go out and get a T.Y. Hilton? Or can we retain Corey Davis? I think that those are pretty difficult decisions to make. I think it'll be hard for them to do because they are right up against it. And if this was a regular year, talking about teams impacted by COVID, if they were looking at a twenty, uh, a $210 million salary cap instead, the Titans we'd be talking about in great position to keep their guys and try to run it back and, and maybe try to improve some of those aspects on the defense that I talked about. And, and take another step on that side of the ball with a really strong offensive core, one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. So I don't hate their situation, but looking around this division, the teams that are going to challenge them, they have big questions to answer, but a lot of money to do it. And let's start with the Colts, who are probably closer from a, a roster perspective of hanging with where we probably expect the Titans to be next year. And they did just tie the Titans with 11 wins in that division. They they lost one more division game. Tennessee wins the division by virtue of a tiebreaker. The Colts go to the playoffs. They end up losing. But the, the big question is, what are they doing at quarterback? And it's not like they have the draft capital to very easily address this in the draft. Maybe one of those four first-round quarterback prospects fall. Maybe they get in on one of these quarterback trades. Because if they do get a quarterback, I think that, again, this is a solidly constructed roster. And they have about $70 million to play with, they could make a lot of big, splashy free agent acquisitions to patch some of their holes, find an edge rusher, for example, restock at wide receiver. If they get the quarterback, they could try to just go. I think that's exactly what they have to do. And when we look at it, 963000 dedicated to the quarterback position at this point it screams for them to make a move. And honestly, I think if you're Carson Wentz, like we talked earlier in the show, I think this is the best landing spot for him. Frank Reich, get with Chris Ballard, who you know you can build the rest of the roster in places where it benefits the quarterback. I feel like there's enough talent on the pass-catching end of it 
that you can put him in that offense and Carson can do the job and get you the next step over the hump. The question will be, how do you dedicate the rest? How do you build up the defensive side there? Light and spend there at the cornerback position, also the linebacker position, although Darius Leonard, you got to enjoy what he's doing. I think he needs a little bit more help than Bobby Okereke, but there is room to maneuver right now, despite what the numbers are. I think they're in the best spot going forward in this division. It all comes down to the question of if they can get a quarterback. And I guess there are some questions on the defensive side of the ball as well. They need somebody to go with DeForest Buckner, who's great on the interior. They could use an edge rusher. I think that that's something they'll probably look to address as well. But with that money in their pocket and a solid draft capital to go with it, I think the Colts are right in this thing in the AFC South in 2021. And the team with the longest way to go is the team with the number one draft pick and Trevor Lawrence coming into town with Urban Meyer ready to try to run it up as an NFL coach. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. $77.5 million of cap space, Ryan. I mean, you, you talk about the, the Saints being in cap hell. I guess that means the Jaguars are in cap heaven. We get to talk about polar opposites on today's show. And not only do they have a wealth of financial assets, but that first overall pick is going to go a long way in this rebuild. And I'm not sure if I see it happening in one year. I'm not even sure how I see Urban Meyer performing in the NFL. But I do like a lot of the coaches he's chosen to put around him. I think he's building up a pretty nice brain trust down in Jacksonville. And it's a question of how do you build around a generational QB talent? That's a really good place to start. That is a great place to start. And I think the whole franchise in general, getting to this point, I think the urban decision, I think, is interesting. I, too, have some some questions about how being that historic a coach at the college level lets you transition to coaching men of a much older age, a much bigger experience pool. I think that transition isn't going to be as smooth as a lot feel, but having – him come in as well as the quarterback at the same time. They can take their lumps together, develop that team going forward with not only a coach down mentality, but an on the field martial mentality as well. I think that too gives them, if they can pair up together, the best chance of being successful. They have a, a lot of competition in this division, but I think that if they can get off on the run, that's got to be it. I think he has to be the number one pick. I mean, I, I'm penciling him in there. I, I might as well write it in pen at this point. Do you think there's any way anything happens with the the off shoulder? I think it's the left shoulder is the issue. Do you see any way that this doesn't become the, the Urban and Lawrence combination? I, I don't. I, I have no more words to say about it than I don't. You can put that pen away and put it down in Sharpie, and if I'm wrong, then I guess I need to retire. Okay, then I'm not crazy. No. Well, I mean, yeah, but maybe not because of this. Okay, well, there's that. Okay. That said, I think that this division is definitely going to be one in the AFC that continues to compete. There's a lot going on there. I enjoy taking a look at each of these teams. I think we'll circle back to them. And as free agency goes on, we'll get a little bit more information. We can revisit a lot of these. But this was fun, and I appreciate you walking through this with me because sometimes I get a little too hung up on one aspect or another. This is going to be fun to continue to watch these rosters as they evolve. I'm looking for your expertise on how they can do it in the most efficient way. I think that's what this comes down to, right? Absolutely. You're looking at positional spending, how to optimize 
your your value on your roster, finding the positions that matter, finding the players that matter, because you can look at it on a spreadsheet, which is literally what I'm doing right now. I've got my spreadsheet of, of where these teams are spending over average in the NFL, looking at the Panthers and the Titans and the Texans at running back and where they're spending way under average in the NFL. And that's where that Colts $963,000 a quarterback really stands out like a sore thumb. You can look at the spreadsheet, but the, the player fits are going to matter too, right? So you, you got to spend efficiently. You've got to maximize your draft capital and they've got to be guys that jive with your system and what your coaches are trying to implement. And that's what we're going to be looking at as players start to land with these, these teams in real life. And we're not speculating in spreadsheets. That's what I'm looking for. It's going to be a fun ride, folks. Make sure that if you're not subbed yet, go do that on whatever platform that you like. Stay tuned tomorrow for Chris and Q. We're going to have a great show with them as well. We'll be here all summer long because that's what we do on Locked On. It's your teams every single day, five days a week. So thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you next Thursday. Anybody that drives a vehicle at some point will need to repair that vehicle. And if you're the do-it-yourselfer type that wants to take matters into your own hands, there is no better place to start than rockauto.com. 